0: Hurry in during Ram Truck Month, where you'll find JD Power's number one brand in new vehicle quality in 2021. And right now, get zero percent financing for 72 months on 2022
1: Ram 1500 Bighorn, and Laramie Crew Cab models. For 2021 JD Power award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Not compatible with any other of offer. Zero percent APR financing for 72
0: months equals 1389 per month for 1000 financed for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital, regardless of down
1: payment. Not all buyers will qualify. See dealer for details. Take retail delivery by five two you bring your phone everywhere. Work, school, Shh. the movies. Now you can bring it to an Xfinity store for an easy way to switch to Xfinity Mobile, a new kind of network designed to save you money. You can get up to five lines of talk and text included with Xfinity Internet at no extra cost. So all you pay for is data. It's never been easier to switch to Xfinity Mobile and keep the phone you love. Click here to see how. Sorry, I gotta take this. Restrictions apply. Limited to select mobile phones. Requires activation of a new line of Xfinity Mobile. Up to five devices per account. New Xfinity Internet customers. Limited to up to two lines pending activation of Internet service.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is Damn You Hollywood, and here's your host, that paragon of nihilism, the king of stinging rebukes, Robert, everyone loves a bad guy, Winfrey.
2: Yay, me. Uh, Alright, with my enthusiasm out of the way. Hi, everyone, and welcome to, as Mark mentioned, Damn You, Hollywood. Uh, brief note, I can actually hear that song playing. I don't know why that is, but I can kind of hear it. Do you want me to tell you why? Yeah, why? Um,
0: hello, everyone. I'm Mark Rattledge, your mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified. The reason why you can kind of hear that is what you're getting is the These are not this is a game, uh, a gaming headset that I'm wearing. Um, so the sound leaks from my ears uh, from, from the part that's covering my ears uh, The cans, if you will And it's leaking into my microphone
2: Huh
0: That's why you're getting uh, that Good to know Yeah, that's, it's not Spreaker
2: I know it wasn't Spreaker I was wondering why I could hear it Because I, again, kind of could, so Does that mean All you
0: don't right, want me the... to do that intro anymore? You don't want me to flavor Flav you up? I wanna flavor flavor you up
2: I mean, look, it's a two- man show. we don't need a fluffer
0: <laughs> but i don't I don't mind fluffing you Robert Winfrey you, you
2: you really you really would that that would not be a pleasant experience.
0: <laughs> all right, get on with this nonsense
2: all right, more nonsense on that note. All right. Again, this is Damn You Hollywood everyone. This is the first Damn You Hollywood on Spreaker. As our last edition was the uh you know, I would love to say it was the straw that broke the camel's back, but uh <laughs> let's face it, it was a brick. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it was this a was the walk. anvil that Wiley e. Coyote <laughs> dropped from a helicopter that it missed the roadrunner and it hit our poor metaphorical camel. <laughs> And we had just we threw up our hands. We said, "That's it. We've had it. It's all we can stand. We can't stand no more." Uh, so, the, that's kind of the impetus for the minor bit of shop talk in the beginning there. Uh, tonight we will be reviewing Death Wish. I, I, I okay. Mark, why? Just why? What do you mean? Why? Why are, did you do are this? You,
0: are you not? Are you new? I'm sorry. Are, have you not done this podcast before?
2: No, no, no. I'm asking why this specifically. Like, because this doesn't. Okay, let's stop for a second. In only the loosest. I have, loosest of I have terms, Does this meet the criteria?
0: Well, no. Wait a minute. I have. Are you asking me why did I choose to review this? Are you asking me why did they choose to remake this? Yes. All right. Um, I have the faintest idea what possessed the studio other than sort of a stock, everything that is old is new and there's no new ideas left in Hollywood. I mean, that's the kind of thing you throw out there when you really don't have any answers. And frankly, I don't have any answers. I have no earthly clue. What possessed the studio... What studio was this? What possessed the studio to to think this was a good idea? But that being said, why did I pick it? Because... Uh, This was
2: Scott Free and MGM.
0: Okay, well, it's not like they've had a decent hit on their hands lately. Um, Still don't, actually. (laughs) Yeah, this (laughs) this this is not doing well. Um... It'll be. I'll be curious to see if it if it actually makes its uh, budget back. But that being said, uh, I chose it because the stock and trade of this show is first blockbusters, then this is not, then uh, remakes, reboots of things that are. Um, Paragons that's its, of the culture—that's its
2: own criteria. When did we add that? I, I was not privy to that being added to the list of criteria. What do you?
0: Wait a minute. What do you mean? I don't understand.
2: It, it feels like every other reboot or remake that we've had to review, large fell into the larger criteria of either major blockbusters or fran- or entries into a franchise, things of that nature. This is the first time that. The only like justification for it being on this show is well it's a remake of something that people love.
0: Right. It also gave me the opportunity to book a on trial about the original. Which I like to do. I like to when these Robert Winfrey. When these remakes come out.
2: Go ahead and say synergy. Just say it. We know what you want. Just say synergy.
0: Synergy, Robert Winfrey. I Why? Hate you. So much. (laughs) Why Deathwish? Because synergy. These opportunities allow me and those who podcast with me to compare the new to the original. The new to the old. By the way, Scarface apparently fell off the calendar, so you dodged a bullet there.
2: I'm not sure I did. I was kind of looking forward to that. Mm. Um. Only because the Cohen brothers were the ones doing it, oh, okay. and plus the fundamental, the fundamentals of the Scarface story. I mean, the um, the Al Pacino version. Mm-hmm. I forget who directed it. Brian somebody, I want to say. De Palma, maybe. I think it was De Palma. To, I'd have to look it up. I'm going with De Palma until corrected. But that was a remake of a 19 like 37 uh, black and white mob era film. Like it's this is this is the type of story that can be updated every you know 20 years or so and since the most recent one came out mid 80s some 20 30 years it, a, a reintroduction, a remake of that with the um, under the guise of contemporary sensibilities is not necessarily uncalled for or unwarranted. And let's be fair, it's not like either previous version of Scarface is the is cinematic perfection. Well, let me They're both ask, good.
0: Let me ask you this. Considering what we're talking about tonight, we're talking about Death Wish. And Death Wish, at its core, is the fantasy that an aggrieved person can take the law into their own hands by virtue of getting a gun and shooting it at who they perceive to be their enemy don't you think that death wish is a modern day parable Especially with what's going on in the news Lately, don't you with I mean, I don't know if this was the intention or not I don't know if anyone you know, at MGM really sat it's around It's Eli going,
2: Roth Intention is not part of what he does
0: Okay, again but Eli Roth did not finance this film by himself You know, people had to agree on this um, You know This had to be produced by someone People had to invest
2: in it But I, I, Eli I Roth's production company I seem to recall I
0: I can imagine there being at least some degree of a conversation of, you know, with all the talk of shootings in the news and whatnot, and, you know, an entire election revolving around the perception uh, that a particular part of the population was aggrieved and put upon and felt powerless, and so they elected who they elected because they felt like they that person would empower them, don't you think Death Wish comes along at a time where... uh, where it, sort of, it, it meets that, uh, that part of the culture? Because I did. I thought, I thought Death Wish, whether they meant to or not, was, was very reflective of the national conversation about guns, about an, you know, an aggrieved part of the population, about powerlessness, all of that. Now, whether or not they did a great job of it, that's what we'll debate later on in the show. But I thought the intention you know, was there or am i or, or, or am i ascribing a lot to this movie that nobody intended
2: mostly the latter which <laughs> okay. is and look which is fine for the the last like 15 or 20 years of criticism and intellectual debate surrounding fictional material has essentially done a good job of either completely throwing out or at least severely diminishing authorial intent so we can we can ascribe things to this film that it's that no one attached to it did, and that's perfectly acceptable.
0: So, why Death Wish? Because I believe that its themes are part of the national conversation that's happening right now, and that nothing is more modern, nothing is more uh, current than Death Wish. And I, and I think our conversation tonight, it contrib- contributes ...to the national conversation. How do you like that? We're doing a service. Dude,
2: look, I'm nihilistic and you're narcissistic. We need, we need to come up with a better nickname for this, apparently. <laughs> okay. More importantly, you and I have, like... For those of you who don't know, I'm going to piss off a significant portion of our listener base probably by doing this. For those of you that don't know... We're both white. Mark and I both... Not only are we white... I mean, you're Jewish, I seem to recall.
0: In some form or fashion, sure.
2: I mean, the last name doesn't, you know... <laughs> Mom's ethnic, Jewish, Dad's Catholic. There. Move it on. Uh, yeah. I'm LDS, but we're both conservative, generally speaking. And... <laughs> consequently, like... if So if you listen to the majority of leftist politics and policies, our perspectives don't matter, because we are not the aggrieved parties in society. (sighs) But, anyway, you're not here to listen to us talk politics. Mark used to have a podcast that was politics. This isn't it.
0: And I don't ever want to do
2: that again. (laughs) Come on, you had fun.
0: Uh, Look, I had fun when I was making chicken noises, but, you know, I... (laughs) I have I have. Look, I, I talk enough I, I can talk politics in a comic book show I can talk politics in a movie review I don't need an entire show Dedicated
2: to it Anyway We all know you also didn't answer the real reason About why you chose this movie What's the real reason
0: Robert Winfrey You hate me
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's because you hate me
0: If you think this schedule's bad Wait till you see next year
2: Look, you plan, go ahead and plan out next year's right now. And then I want you to send me a dime each time <laughs> you have to change it.
0: Okay. you got, Well, that seems a little rich for my blood. Will you take a penny? Will you take a hay no, penny?
2: I'd take a nickel.
0: Okay. Maybe, I'll, maybe I can do a nickel. I will go ahead and set the movie schedule for 2019. And every time I have to move something, send you a nickel. And yeah. you will die a rich man. Um,
2: at the close of and at the close of 2019,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I want to I want a tally to be read on air. Then I want to check. <laughs>
0: okay. So you want to tell people what Death Wish is about? <sighs>
2: it's not about anything. It just kind of exists. Oh, it's about <laughs> something.
0: Can I can I just give can I give away something right now, real quick? And and I don't wanna sure. go off too much on a tangent here. By the way, my father listened to one of our reviews and he was like after twenty minutes of you not reviewing anything and doing whatever opening shtick that was, I gave up and turned it off. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently me and you are a little long in the tooth in our opening yeah, shtick. A little.
2: We we do need that we do need to hem that in.
0: Um, we are we are dangerously close to Jim Cornette and uh, Brian Lass levels of putting off getting to have you. Yeah, the, half their half the list, the um the, the drive through now is their opening bit, and the show is only an hour long. And all right, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is why you and I go three hours usually. This is the first hour. Uh, all right, stack. all right.
2: So moving on, you wanted to give something away.
0: I actually like this a lot better than I like the original. And you are a terrible human being <laughs> Well, you go ahead and give the plot summary And then when you come back to me I will explain why I actually think this, this remake of the novel Is the superior version of that piece of source material How do you like that? I can,
2: I can actually guess why you think this is better <laughs> Well, it's not, it's not black folks, I can tell you that much you're married to conventional narrative structure and this follows a conventional narrative narratively structured plot. The original Charles Bronson movie does not.
0: Uh, that's very true. I don't know if married to it. Married makes it married makes it seem like like Dude, I... Do you hate I,
2: Caddyshack because it doesn't follow conventional narrative I've structure? I've never
0: seen Caddyshack. That's a bad you example.
2: Be, you would hate Caddyshack because it does not follow conventional narrative structure.
0: Okay. I, you would you laugh know, at Bill what, Murray. Why don't yeah, you? Bill Murray is hilarious. Why don't you make me watch Caddyshack in one of the not in, in one of the uh, days that we don't have open, and then we can settle this once and for all. In the meantime, tell these mean, fucking people what this movie's about.
2: You mean one day in 2024? <laughs> Here's your nickel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. As for the movie, this is again a remake of the 1974 film, I believe, starring Charles Bronson, which is a cult classic. Which is itself based on a novel By Brian Garfield I should know that guy's name But for some reason yeah. Um, I actually think this is the Worst essential adaptation Of this source material But I'll get to that in a minute uh, We follow We First of all this story is very obviously Set in the city of Chicago Because every ten minutes it tells you We're in Chicago uh, It just does lest you think we are in New York or Los Angeles or some other major metropolitan area with sky-high instances of gun crime. Gun crime, not gun violence. Baltimore. Gun violence is 60% suicide and suicide attempts. Baltimore. Whatever. Jacksonville. (laughs) Atlanta. Hotlanta.
0: Woo-hoo, Miami.
2: Again, there's a lot of places that you could theoretically set this movie... And because they don't go out of their way to show you anything culturally significant about the city They just have to tell you, hey, Chicago Via morning radio talk show hosts Anyway, we follow Bruce Willis Uh, it's Bruce Willis (laughs) Uh, playing Dr. Paul Kersey He's just living the good life Uh, (laughs) that's all he is, that's all he's doing He's a trauma surgeon He's got a daughter who just got accepted to NYU. He's got an attractive wife. He's got kind of a deadbeat but good-meaning brother in the form of Vincent D'Onofrio, who is utterly wasted in this movie. And I don't mean that he's drunk. <laughs> uh, although I, ca- I can't say one way or the other about that. Someone who shot the movie would have to tell me that, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, his life is completely, essentially destroyed when... His house is broken into when his wife and daughter are home. They were not supposed to be home, but because he works in a hospital, schedules got shifted. He wound up at the hospital working, and they wound up at home making a birthday cake for him because let's just try to concoct the saddest possible confluence of events and then ignore (laughs) them later on. Uh, The burglars break in. There's three of them. They're surprised because there weren't supposed to be people home But hey, we're already here We already have our nifty masks on Let's just go through with this As they rob the place One of them tries to get a little uh, frisky with the daughter This ends badly She cuts him in the face He takes his mask off And now they've seen us So the other guy in an issue of Well, they've seen our faces Simply shoots both of them Uh, They're taken to the ER Where Dr. Kersey is working The wife dies The daughter winds up in a coma Uh, the doctor winds up talking with Dean Norris, which is not the worst way to spend a few hours, but talks with the police, gives them all the information that he has and proceeds to kind of trust the system to sort itself out. Time passes and it doesn't, it doesn't, and it doesn't, and it doesn't, and he becomes slightly more unstable, trying to get through the grieving process. He becomes erratic. Uh, He tries to stop some crime, he gets his ass kicked, because he doesn't know how to fight. It's a lifelong acquired skill. And, like most people who don't have the physical tools, decides, you know, firearms are a good thing. And they are. I am very pro-gun. But the gun laws in the city of Chicago are the strictest in the entire country, and he Kinda gets second thoughts about actually buying one, so he goes back to the back at work. He gets uh, one from a patient. It falls out of his pant leg, and rather than turn it into the authorities and you know do his duty as a physician, he keeps it. Uh, he spends a lot of time practicing with it, which I appreciated them showing. He gets better at handling, at firing, uh, the whole nine yards. Then is out walking around looking for an excuse to shoot someone, essentially. He stops a carjacking. That's what he's doing. He is literally out looking for an excuse to shoot someone. Let's not mince words about that. (laughs) He stops a carjacking. He He shoots and kills the two carjackers. He becomes a viral internet sensation because apparently that's what you do. I mean, in an effort to try and make this about something and show some of the cultural significance of this film we have to then in the actual film make it a viral thing and he feels slightly better about himself he can sleep at night I mean he watches people die all the time in the ER you'd think that would serve the same purpose but anyway anyway Uh, Again, he feels a little bit better he has somewhat rediscovered his purpose he kills a local drug dealer who shot a kid in the leg Uh, his myth and legend grows he runs across someone who he recognizes as being associated with his family's and with the death of his wife and his family's assault and begins doing some amateur investigation into it which is somehow infinitely more effective than what the police have done or capable of.
0: Well, in in his defense, the police didn't use torture.
2: Or, you know, have access to technology or, or, you know, willing witnesses or, I mean... Oh,
0: hang on. You're missing a key plot detail here. Um, The guy that tipped off the robbers, he gets shot, and his phone uh, falls out of his pocket. Bruce Willis uh, picks it up, and unbeknownst to everybody else in the operating room, takes the phone, starts to go through it, and realizes, "Hey, wait a minute! This guy uh, is the one that tipped him off to my family. He was the valet at the restaurant that we were at, and there's a contact in here." And thus begins his investigation.
2: And my point there is: had he just, he could have easily. Ah, never mind. I'll get to that later. I don't want to derail this before I actually get through the plot. Uh, some mediocre scenes of torture and violence follow as he kills two of the three people who attacked his family. The third one is
0: actually... Because it's an Eli Roth
2: film. Ugh. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, believe me, I have things to say about that. Uh, the third guy is the one who's actually apparently the sociopath. There's a gunfight at a nightclub. Very brief gunfight. They both get wounded. Uh, the gunman then fingers... You know, Doctor Kersey as the grim reaper, as this as his you know persona has become known. But there's not a lot of evidence besides the word of a convicted scumbag. So the cops are somewhat reticent to go through a full on you know prosecution of this guy when they have again, no corroborating evidence. <laughs> but his daughter wakes up around then and he decides he wants to try and move on from vigilante justice. But the last guy is still alive And he now wants Revenge for you know being shot And he's worried about the daughter being able to identify him So in our final uh, Shootout He and a couple of compatriots uh, Assault the house again Bruce Willis is ready He kills all three of them uh, The police show up But he has a plausible I mean to be fair at this point they invaded His home with automatic weapons So, yeah, he's well within his right to, you know, defend himself with deadly force. He expresses his belief that he has moved beyond the need to run around the streets of Chicago at night, or during the day in some cases, and randomly murdering people for breaking the law. His daughter goes out to college, and he presumably will find love in the sequel. I don't know. I mean... (laughs) Uh, you feel like I gave anything short drift there anything that you wanna
0: No, I mean the stuff with Vincent D'Onofrio...
2: <laughs> could have been removed
0: Yeah, it could have easily been removed and it's not really worth talking about um, okay, so I know you're dying to ask me what posi- why did I like this movie? why did I feel like this is superior to uh to the original?
2: uh sure why do you uh, again i'm 90 percent sure i know but why do you feel this was better than the original
0: well as as you said um we're talking about conventional narrative structure if the idea that this is about something there is a mystery that is um that is put upon our hero, that he goes about solving. uh, If the movie is about revenge and he enacts his revenge on the people that hurt him and his family, uh, as opposed to the original, which is, yeah, his family was attacked, but then he killed a bunch of random muggers, none of which connected to the original attack. And so the movie could have been five hours long, And the same thing would have happened. It it was a matter of how long does this need to go before we get to the point where the cop says, listen, get out of the city and I'll throw your gun in the river. We don't want to cause a widespread panic here and we don't want to make ourselves look like asses and we don't want to make you a folk hero. So we're going to forgive you for murdering a bunch of random muggers, which I thought was really weak as opposed to... Bruce Willis went on a vengeance run that ended with the last man who hurt his family. Now, if that's I'm married to conventional uh, narrative structure, fine, guilty as charged. But to me, that's a stronger tale than the original. Now, this isn't on trial, and I'll go ahead and, and make further arguments this Thursday which you'll be able to then download on Friday on the Rattle Legion Broadcasting Network on Spreaker. But to round this back to our topic at hand, with is the remake of Death Wish twenty eighteen. Yeah, I, I mean, here is what I don't understand about you and 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 a lot of people who may not have liked this film, but are fans of Punisher comics, because for the longest time I wasn't a fan of Punisher comics because. When I read comics, I like, you know, Green Lantern. Here's a guy with a magic ring who can do fun stuff, and I like the color green. Um, You know, let's talk about Thor. Thor is a god. He's super strong. He has a magic hammer. He can shoot lightning bolts. You know, the, the Hulk. He's the big, giant, green monster. These are fantastic and wonderful creatures of myth and mythology. I know myth is short for mythology, but go with me here. Um... Punisher was a guy with a gun who shot his way through New York. As much as I loved Welcome Back Frank, or Welcome Home Frank, whatever it was called, I said on source material at the time, other than that Ma Nucci is a celestial being, and I still believe that, Ma Nucci got that ill communication, all that comic is is the Punisher gunning his way through Ma Nucci, through the Nucci family. The for me to really get behind a story where this is why I don't watch films like, like the John Wick movies and you know a lot of these where it's just a guy with a gun who appears to who to, who is supposed to be an ordinary human being you know or the Bourne movies that's another good example i hate a lot of these movies it's these you know these people who don't have any actual superpowers but are made to be superhuman and they just gun their way through everything or ninja fight their way through everything and some of these have better, better narratives than others, but I think that this movie worked on a couple of different levels. They were simple levels, but they still worked. And, I, and, and before I go too far into that, I, I, I want to round this back to the initial issue I had with you and, and others, which is how do you... And I want to come back to elements of the film very quickly. So we're going to just bat this around right quick. But how do you laud the Punisher series, but think this is dumb as shit? It's a guy gunning people down. And at least this one had, you know, this, this story has a beginning, a middle and an end vengeance. You know, vengeance is had the the good guy. The the good guy wins. The bad guys are punished. It comes full circle. Why is that so much worse than, like I said, the Punisher who it's just an endless slaughter.
2: If I really have to explain why I feel the Netflix Punisher series is superior to this in every single way, I'm you not really compa- don't. Whoa,
0: know whoa, me. whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not comparing it to the Netflix Punisher. I'm comparing it to the Punisher comic book character. I don't at read all. comics. Okay. Well,
2: I'm the wrong guy to have that
0: discussion with. All right, Jesse Starcher, if you're out there, this is a recording. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can't be out there. No one's hearing this right now. Um, but they will when it's uploaded to the Rattler Broadcasting Network on Spreaker. But, I mean, okay, so you're not the best person to ask. But I feel like, the, I feel like that's a valid question to ask people. Um, and, okay, so take the Punisher out of there. But any one of these figures in media who, you know, the big attraction to them is watching them mow down people with a gun. Why, why does this one fail and those succeed?
2: All right, let's take John Wick. Okay. as an issue of specificity I'm not the biggest fan of the first John Wick and I haven't seen the second there's a couple of reasons that John Wick works more than this one is world immersion John Wick goes out of its way to establish rules for the world that it operates in
0: I'm missing something here you're going to have to give me 50 words or less on what you're talking about
2: I do I explain it better than that
0: is the this... no? I mean, I mean, I would assume John Wick is a guy with a gun mowing down people in the mob. Am I, what John am I...
2: Wick was. Oh, you haven't? you haven't seen the movie?
0: No. Oh,
1: okay.
2: Quick plot synopsis of John Wick. John Wick is a retired hitman who worked almost exclusively for the Russian mafia. He okay. was. They referred to him as the boogeyman. He was able to extricate himself from. The mob, when he got married, by performing what they referred to as an impossible task, the godfather of the Russian mafia gave him something that he thought you're going to die doing this, and he did it. He is a he he is very clearly established as having violent capabilities. His wife dies of cancer. He's depressed. She sent him a she you know, time-deliberately sent him a puppy. To try and you know get his heart going again, you need something to love, and the love is you, and we're, you, you need to connect to the world again, because you're fundamentally a good person, but you spent a lot of time in violence, and now that I'm gone, you still need you know, something good in your life. Uh, snotty son of the Russian godfather does not know who John Wick is, and is annoyed at being insulted by him and doing a random encounter at a gas station. Breaks into his house, breaks his arm, kills his dog steals his car and drives off cue murderous rampage from John Wick I'm
0: failing to see the. I'm failing to see in large part the difference and in in small part yes there are obviously details that are different but again man with gun mow people down
2: you're... Well, there's a, okay, there's a couple of things that are one, John Wick does actually have a beginning, middle, and end. It Definitely. is very clearly a it is very it is structured in that same way. Mm-hmm. two, there are you you have to see that like i I don't want to go off on a tangent like trying to explain the world of John Wick, but so just w- explain there's... why John
0: Wick works and why Death Wish doesn't
2: okay. Okay, one is world immersion. John Wick has it does set up a subset of rules by which the criminal underworld operates that allows you to feel like you're part of that world whereas this is generic and bland. Okay. Two is the action sequences. This is the primary defining feature. John Wick is extraordinarily well choreographed and well shot. Okay. It has it has some Brilliantly see, uh, shot and ex- and you know edited scenes of gunplay. It has some really good fight sequences.
0: So let me jump and in here. Your issue is less with the motif and more with the style.
2: It's it's in the execution. Like okay. again, the motif is the motif. Some people are going to be attracted to it. Some people are not. The same is true of again. It's a revenge movie. Some people are. Some people like revenge movies. Some people don't. Fair.
0: Okay, but that's but that's where I'm drawing a. But that's where I'm drawing an issue, because I I totally I understand some are done stylistically better than others. Some are executed better than others, and fine. Death wish, Death wish has its problems in execution and style. I'll grant you that. But a lot my of them. but my frustration I think is that people are having an issue with the motif in and of itself. And let's let's just pull out the ones that are tripping over themselves. And we'll get to this when we get to the Rotten Tomato reviews. But let's just remove that entire section of the review community that hates it because it's tripping over themselves to get to a microphone to yell how much they hate this movie because white people and guns. Okay, they don't count. Um, they're terrible. But there are people who are who are having an issue with the motif of of, of, of generally the idea, just the concept of a person with a gun mowing down faceless bad guys. To which, again, I say, but we've loved it for so long. Why all of a sudden are we looking at like like we, we love The Punisher, we love John Wick, we love Jason Bourne, we love this, we love that. We get to Death Wish and we go, wait, fuck this movie. Which I don't understand.
2: I imagine a lot of people aren't properly articulating their issues. <laughs> again, look, I'll be, look, again, for me, it's not about the motif. It's about the execution. Okay. I have serious issues with this movie, not because I hate revenge movies. I like revenge movies. They are deeply cathartic. Okay. As a man with an appetite for violence, I can appreciate the majority of them on that level. But, they're, but they must be executed. In a, okay. But they have to be executed properly. I don't believe this one was. And that's my biggest gripe with it. Okay. And that's fair. Here's what I... And and again,
0: the last point of comparison, and then I'm just going to stick with focusing on the film itself. But well, that's kind of what I hated about Bronson's Death Wish, which was that just seemed to be a celebration of violence for violence' sake. You can call what you know him going from a you know liberal tree hugger to a gun to a, to a conservative gun nut as a kind of an arc, but you know, but ultimately, I I just felt like I was watching I. <laughs> I felt like I was just watching, you know, uh, murder porn and it said I don't think it said anything about the culture at large. I understand people look back on it with um, oh, not novelty, but uh um, rose colored glasses. Rose. Yeah. There was another phrase I wanted to use, but you have yeah, rose colored gl- nostalgia glasses. That's the one. Um, people look back on it with nostalgia glasses for what it was at its time, to- at, at the time, and for what it's it's meant to people over the years, and and what it is in the in the cultural lexicon. But as somebody who had never seen it before and is watching it in 2018, the movie sucks. It's it's fucking terrible. Um, this one at least has a point. It's a simple point, and we can talk about style and, and execution as being problematic, but. Essentially, you have a man who is trying to, you know, lead the good life in 2018, take care of his family, obey the laws, and stop me if you've heard this one before, but suddenly it all, the rug gets taken out from under him. Everything he knows and loves is shattered, and he's asking himself, what did I do to deserve this? Bruce Willis, you can argue that his. Performance and his portrayal of a character who feels aggrieved and wronged is um, bad. Bad. I was going to go with it poor, is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still there. He's still attempting to to, to to emote these things, and in some cases, he outright says them. And that was—he
2: is not allowed to emote because of the
0: terrible screenwriting. Um, but that was highly identifiable and i thought highly thematic in 2018 that was for me the draw
2: so there's about- a significantly better version of this that came out four or five years ago starring kevin bacon called death sentence okay
0: but that's not the movie we're reviewing you're at, you know we're here to review death wish and and I'm, I'm i'm okay with you bringing that up but the movie that i went to, i didn't go to see five movies about revenge you know, and, and and to rank them, I went in to see Death Wish, and I came out of it going, "Well, I've seen better, um, but I've seen worse." And here's what you I like about worse. It. <laughs> yes, I've seen worse. Um, and, and here's Day what I like about me. it. I like the themes of the movie. I like what the movie was trying to say. I actually liked the fact that in that there's a vocalized debate over vigilantism and gun violence in the movie. And before there anyone isn't says, a
2: vocalized debate
0: there is but you have no then, no
2: no there are we needed to draw out the length of this movie so interspersed into screen cuts we have segments where talk show hosts spout spout 20 seconds of dialogue that is not at all the same as actually representing a debate
0: I don't know I think you're being I think you're you're overly criticizing those radio scenes cuz I, I was listening intently during those cut scenes of Sway and whoever else is on that show, you know, having a debate amongst themselves. So they can't so people are criticizing that by the way. There there's a criticism of how this is done where you have white man cow pro gun, you know, pro gun argument. You have black Sway anti-gun, anti-vigilante argument. Except that Sway had somebody on the panel who was a black woman who was pro vigilante. So, whatever.
2: This um, is another instance of people just wanting to say what they want to say because they are failed political bloggers not actual film critics yeah
0: um, well some of them are actual film critics but and it's, it makes them even worse but I needed to point that out for people who were like oh of course man cows you know is pro is a grieved pro white guy and sway is You know, anti-white, pro-black, and you know, an anti-gun and all that. I'm like, nope. There was somebody on his panel who was black too, who was like, you know, who saw the, who saw maybe the necessity or the good in what Bruce Willis's character is doing. Um, Elizabeth Shue is terrible, (laughs) by the way. I don't know.
2: I would disagree
0: with that. I don't know what happened to Elizabeth Shue, but she's not good in this. Um, The daughter is okay. I thought the the villains, you know, the the, the thugs were the MacGuffins? The right temperature they're of not, awful.
2: They're not they're not uh, anything. I I mean no,
0: I The object was to get the audience to want to see cars get dropped on them and get shot and all of that. And they were the right kind of they they were the right temperature of gross where I wasn't you know, I was I, I I wasn't at any time thinking, oh, they didn't deserve that. That's a little too much.
2: No, I was okay with dropping a car on the one guy's head. Um. <laughs> to be fair, he deserved more. But for some reason, Eli Roth decided that on a major release, we're gonna dial back the.
0: Well, this violence. isn't a Saw movie. It's it, it, it's Death Wish. It's, don't you know.
2: don't no 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 no. This is the guy who literally. Brought about the hostile franchise. Don't bring Saw into this.
0: Okay, I should have said this isn't Hostel, um, but I haven't seen hostile. I've seen Saw. But anyway, I've seen I haven't seen Saw hostile movie.
2: either. I don't need to.
0: Yeah, let's, let's never let's let's never let's never review a hostile movie.
2: Anyway, no, 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 it, it's going on my list now. Oh, fuck things you. to make you watch. <laughs> Dude, you made me watch this. All right, there's so many things that you have made me watch.
0: Okay. Um, speaking of aggrieved white people. Um, now, let's see, what else did I like about this movie? So, I enjoyed the interspersing radio debate. I thought for a major release that, that's trying to avoid being way too preachy, I thought it, I, I thought it hit the right notes in terms of there is there's an actual topic being talked about. And because this is 2018 and we're not really an audience that does well with nuance, by and large, I thought it was fine for this kind of a movie nice
2: that's fair. nice and obvious um that's fair there are people who didn't pick up on the subtleties and there's heavy air quotes there <laughs> around a few michael bay films like there there's a bunch of morons out there that need things spelled out in bright flashing neon letters um I thought Vincent D'Onofrio's character
0: for what it was was fine um i I like the turn on Useless. i like the turn the the turning on the head of 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 him being sort of the useless guy at the beginning. And at the end, he's sort of like the moral center of the movie. Um, I, uh, let's see. I like the fact that it does culminate in the main lead robber getting his comeuppance with something that was set up earlier in the movie, you know, the rifle and the um, machine gun underneath the table. I thought that was fun. Uh, And I thought he was sufficiently creepy. I thought there was a, a nice level of tension and creepiness in the elevator scene with him and Bruce Willis and the daughter. Um, so overall, you know, this was a brisk movie that was, uh, you know, contemporary in topic and motif. That was just flat. You know, that, that's that's the major problem with it. In my opinion, is not you know not all this other stuff that people talk about, but I just. Quentin Tarantino is a lot of style he he does a lot of violence too, but he does it in a stylistic way that really makes the film sing uh, that this is kind of the opposite of a Quentin Tarantino movie It's like here we're going to we're going to do a revenge flick a guy's going to shoot his way through a mob and that's kind of all this is is a guy shooting his way through a mob um, with no style no no sense of uh, uniqueness. It's just there. That's my biggest criticism of
2: Death Wish. It, I have so many things that I don't care for about this movie. <laughs> I hadn't picked that up. Speaking I mean, of subtlety, part of it, I mean, you just hit that. This is this is flat. It's not just flat in terms of dialogue and in terms of Bruce Willis's performance. It's flat in the action. Like, there's nothing that grabs you and is interesting. I mean, even the even the torture scene is not... It doesn't actually, like, get at your... Affect you viscerally the way those are supposed to. It's just kind of there. Well, you know, let, let's talk about that for a second. It was an
0: odd choice. Because here's the thing. An angry father seeking revenge for his dead wife and, and abused daughter uh, is a hero... Some of us can get behind. When he's torturing people, however, even if he's torturing them for information, it's kind of hard to continue to cheer him on.
2: No, no. I'm all for that. But you're a fucking
0: weirdo. (laughs) Most Most of us would have some difficulty with that, and that's why I thought it was an odd choice to even put that scene in the movie. You know, again... I don't want to hurt you, but if you don't talk to me and tell me what I want to know, you're going to get hurt would be one thing. He almost seemed to be reveling in that. And it's like, ah, oh, now you're now you're crossing. And then again, if you're going to have a scene where he crosses the line, then the next scene has to be him looking in the mirror going, what kind of monster have I become? There's no self-reflection in what he's doing. The, the, at no point... Does he even question it? And when even when Vincent D'Onofrio kind of points a finger at him and says, "You can't do this," you know, he falls back on, "Well, who's gonna who's gonna do it? The cops have failed. The system has failed. Society at large is failing. Somebody somebody has to stand up for what's right." And while one might be able to buy into the argument, the previous scene you were torturing somebody. This does not compute.
2: Yeah, and I'm. That would have been nice. Really would have liked that, actually. (laughs) But, you know, the movie isn't good, so we can't have nice things in it. (laughs) Okay.
0: The solid C. Yeah, you're being very generous. (laughs) That's me. Social promoter of movies.
2: Well, the best thing about this movie was... ACDC's back in Blackpink pay- playing over the credits so I could listen to ACDC on a theater system. <laughs> okay.
0: You, um... You, the, the themes and motifs of the movie didn't speak to you in any way? Yeah,
2: I would... You know that much as I love delving into themes and motifs, if there's enough bad things on the surface, I can't ever get to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this was a that. well-intentioned movie?
2: It's Eli Roth. No.
0: Okay. <laughs> you, this is Eli. This is again. Um, I, I keep comparing it to like a Quentin Tarantino movie. This is a shitty Quentin Tarantino movie. That's the impression I'm getting from you.
2: That's Eli Roth's career.
0: <laughs> shitty, like, Quint- shitty Quentin Tarantino. He
2: is the Kmart blue light special version of Quentin Tarantino.
0: <laughs> Someone needs to make a thing of that, like a T-shirt. Eli bought this to
2: Quentin Tarantino, what Chris Tucker is to kid Ro- to uh, Chris Rock.
0: <laughs> okay, that's really funny, actually. Eli Roth, the shitty Quentin Tarantino. That's going on Twitter.
2: <laughs> Go for it. I don't care. Like- <laughs> and bear in mind. I'm a guy who doesn't... who has been known to enjoy violent movies. Really have. I'm a guy who... isn't really off-put by... gore on screen. As long as it serves a purpose. I mean, in all honesty... if they had gone gorier with this movie... and just used it as a celebration... I think it would have been better. Mark would have hated it more... but I think as a film... it probably would have been stronger... if you could at least point to something... that it achieved... Instead of a horribly, a horribly mediocre torture scene, and Bruce Willis being so not only old for the role but painfully wooden.
0: You know, I think he was going for a uh, you know he, he was going for a a kind of emotionless middle middle class white guy that's pushed to the the, the fringes of basest most animalistic emotions. And in...
2: Sure, but then he's still an emotionless middle class white guy when he is existing. This is as bad as like Robert Downey Jr.'s violent rampage being expressed in a monotone.
0: <laughs> or at the end of civil more, war. Or, okay. Damn it. That's exactly what I was just about to say. For some odd reason I heard you saying something different, but yes, that
2: Like uh, if that's what you want to go for, you have to kinda go for it, you know, and just doesn't happen. I have um,
0: said that before. Alright. Uh, Hashtag Wish yeah, have... movie review. Hashtag Wish movie review thought. Eli Roth is the shitty Quentin Tarantino.
2: It's... Again, like, I don't really have almost anything good to say about this movie. Uh, the violence is slipshod. Like, it, and this is not... Again, this is a director who is not shy about showing violence, but... For some reason here, when it might actually fit, when you can actually maybe do something with it as a theme, as a method of storytelling, rather than as a, an end unto itself, he it, it kind of looks away from it. It's it's weird. I don't fully understand it. I uh, I don't know. Again, Since you kind of brought up... The, l- let me give you why I think I prefer the original... One is that, A, I don't mind that they, especially for 1970-whatever, they went with a more kind of gritty, realistic, almost makes you want to take a shower after seeing it style of film. Because it kind of gets under your skin and makes you kind of go, you, I must shower, I must bathe now, I must cleanse myself. And that kind of appeals to me. It's uh, one of the things that I find appealing about uh, Rob Zombie's The Devil's Rejects. I find that to be an interesting uh, film, film genre, you know, goal to have for a film. I also, with the original Death Wish, I kind of like that he doesn't actually go after his wife's, you know, the people who attacked his family, that this is a guy who winds up, and I know they don't convey this appropriately, and that's a whole other issue, who has just kind of had enough of everything at this moment and then just starts indiscriminately you know killing people who have demonstrated proclivities for violence and murder themselves. I mean the sequel is more where he actually goes after the people who attacked his family which is eh I mean those all those movies just like get worse and worse and worse. Till you get to death until you get to death wish 9 which is just old Charles Bronson sitting in a hospital bed hooked up to a machine going boy I wish I was dead.
0: Not a Simpsons reference
2: It is Very good Have to get one in or so Um, I mean there's There's almost Again If you want to see a revenge movie Again I can recommend Death Sentence Which is essentially the same story But actually does it But A you have Kevin Bacon actually being allowed to act So he emotes at times I mean there's a whole scene after he in that movie after he kills the kid who kills his son which actually sparks that particular guy's older brother to come back and kill his family because it actually like references how revenge becomes cyclical rather than actually solving anything but after he does that he actually has a scene where he breaks down in the shower uh, just collapses sobbing apologizing over and over again because he's never done anything like that before let me ask you a question
0: Do you think as a society, we, you know, we tend to embrace people who revel in violence and those who would be sickened by their own behavior and have that breakdown in the shower just tend to turn off moviegoers. You know, thus we embrace Charles Bronson, who never has that moment in Death Wish. Well, sorry. He does once. He throws up, but then he seems to get over it um, and he never
2: looks back. Well, it gets easier the more you do it.
0: Um, but I mean, you know, in 2018, I'm just wondering, you know, if you're if you're if you're sitting down to write a film and you're reaching a crossroads with, like, okay, does should the character have a self-reflective moment where he realizes I'm a monster, or you know, should he revel uh, in in the violence and and does that writer then reach the conclusion, uh, people will think he's a pussy if he, if we do the former, so we'll do the latter.
2: If you're a bad writer, that's what you think. <laughs> if you're a good writer, you understand that you can actually have those moments of self-reflection and have them not come across as, you know,
0: you undermining the
2: character, but adding to it.
0: You, you can say a pussy. It's fine.
2: I'm not going to.
0: Okay. <laughs> you don't like the curse. How do you do a show with me every week? Who curses? Consi- I, <laughs> who curses eh. constantly?
2: No, I, I really don't. Again, I'm LDS.
0: So. That's okay. I I won't make fun. Um, <laughs> I do enough of that. No, with go Ronnie ahead. Adams. We actually
2: have a sense of humor about ourselves. Uh, yeah, it,
0: it is something that I, you know, what's hysterical about this? I'm just, I'm just kind of getting ready to do the next couple of bits here, and I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes: 15% by the critics, 86% audience score. Could there not be a bigger divide between professional critics and the average moviegoer? Which brings me back to my thought on, you know, we're writing our heroes the way that we are because people who who sense, you know, any thought that maybe you shouldn't shoot people in the face uh, because they made you angry or hurt you in some way is a pansy. Here, I went with pansy that time. Is that better?
2: I don't care what you say.
0: (laughs) Okay. I, I just I think that that is a collective mindset of, of of a lot of people, and I and I think when you're when you're scrambling for for movie dollars, there's an interest in giving the people what they want, and what they want is is a hero who isn't afraid to you know isn't afraid to shoot everything that moves and not feel bad about it.
2: Again, I get the point. I just again have to reference that. If you're a good writer, those are scenes and moments that enrich the film, not detract from it. If you're a bad writer, and given the way this movie went, I'm going with the writer not being the greatest. (laughs) Like, In absence of the ability to do depth with anything approaching competence, yeah, let's go one note.
0: Well, here's the thing, and it's the last thing I'll say on that particular topic. Remember, we're living in the idiocracy. And subjectively, objectively, someone may be able to construct a scene where your hero is vulnerable in the face of so much violence. And artistically, it's great. And anyone with a soul, you know, with any ability to look at a film critically can appreciate it. But that's like one guy in a sea of a hundred idiots in the night you know and the hundred idiots are all going why is he such a pussy no matter how well that 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 scene is written
2: it's again it's also not just the individual scene it's how the scene relates to the rest of the film but yes you're still there will of course be a bunch of morons who just go no i want more explosions <laughs> more explosions i hate people <laughs> um Here's my
0: recommendation. You Can't know, watch this movie. I mean, it's better than the last Die Hard, as far as Bruce Willis movies go. Let's let's start there. Not the worst Bruce Willis. There's a
2: perfectly cogent argument that assert that a couple of Michael Bay films are better than the last Die Hard movie.
0: <laughs> um, hey, you'll be happy to know the last, the next Transformers movie, not Bumblebee, but the one but Transformers 6 has now dropped off of uh, Paramount's calendar. So, you dodged a bullet there, buddy. At least for now. No, no.
2: It's not dropped off. It's just launched into the future. <laughs>
0: um, in any case, if you are one of those people who feels the need to see a folk hero that speaks to you in your perception of a world where you, you're feeling disempowered, um, if you like the idea of Punishers and John Wicks and Jason Bournes and whatnot... Uh, go ahead and see Death Wish. It's fine, it's palatable, it's, it's inoffensive. Um, and now Rob's going to tell you ten movies that are better than this to go see and not waste your time yes. on this one. Go ahead.
2: Yes. <laughs> Again, the aforementioned Death Sentence, which I find superior to this in every way, including the villain actually like being a character rather than random video game boss number thirty-seven. Uh, there's the actual Punisher series on Netflix which is great.
0: Yeah, it's it's 100% superior to this. I didn't or wasn't making a comparison.
2: There's the Thomas Jane Punisher movie which despite being tonally wild and all over the place is better than this. Yeah. There's the uh, Punisher War Zone, the sequel to the Thomas Jane one with um crap, I can't remember his name. Go ahead, I'll pull it up. Ah, but there's the Punisher Warzone, which significantly more stylized. Ray Stevens. That's it, Ray Stevens. Stevenson? One of those two.
0: Ray Stevenson.
2: Stevenson. Yeah, Ray Stevens is a comedic musician, I seem to recall. Anyway, Ray Stevenson, his version of the... Again, so there's that one, which is significantly more stylized and has better... That much better done action sequences there's John Wick the aforementioned where Keanu Reeves act- Keanu Reeves does a better acting job in essentially the same role than Bruce Willis does in this movie barring one scene in that film that just kind of makes me shake my head there's John Wick chapter 2
0: and next year is John Wick chapter 3 probably no it's there um, it's, on, it's on the
2: list actually uh, you'll have to see chapter 2 which I shouldn't hate Like I, again I don't dislike John Wick's a great like it's a, a near perfect like late night cable television movie
0: what a selling point
2: what it is how is that a bad selling point
0: not yeah, piquing my interest
2: of course not you also don't care for you know the godfather half the time that's not true I didn't like the godfather <laughs> 3
0: Anyway, are you done?
2: Um, hang on. Just revenge movies. Uh, there's actually one starring Dwayne Johnson called Faster. That's not bad. Better than this, at least. Um, I think that's where I'll end. The original Death Wish, which I find more Ugh. enjoyable. Don't waste your time. Again, Ark's complete and utter monogam like your religious devotion to conventional narrative structure is admirable and tedious at the same time yeah I like stories that actually tell a story
0: that aren't you know gonzo porn
2: um all right, was there anything else oh you know there you could actually go with the original Punisher movie starring Dolph Lundgren
0: <laughs> come on god for years I'm asking you why why are the guilty why are the innocent punished and the guilty alive where is justice where is punishment
2: and uh, I again we're trying to that. tell you how much I thought about this movie that I can actually say that you know you, you, you might actually go with the Dolph Lundgren Punisher come on god
0: From year, for years I'm asking you to okay, stop <laughs>
2: You did it once. Once was enough. <laughs>
0: uh, you know, the first time I actually heard that was not in the Dolph Lundgren Punisher, but at the beginning of a biohazard song called "Punishment." Punishment huh.
2: for all my sins. Okay, don't don't start singing. Nah, 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 all right. Nah. So I've given you a significantly greater number of movies to go see instead of this. Okay. Let's. Last... Uh, I don't think there's any... Again, like, if you want to see this movie, just make sure you stay through the credits because Back in Black on a theater sound system is pretty sweet.
0: Or just go see ACDC Live. All right, here we go with... Boy, wouldn't that be nice if I could do that. here, Here we go with our second portion of three on this show called Damn You Hollywood. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. Here we go, money
1: talk. Here comes the money, 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 dollar,
0: dollar, dollar, dollar. All right, on a budget of thirty million dollars, the domestic gross. Apparently, uh, I, I don't have uh, worldwide numbers in front of me here. Uh, but its domestic gross is currently uh, fourteen million. The weekend results for uh, March second through March fourth was it debuted at number three behind Black Panther, which is on its third week at number one, and Red Sparrow. We could see we could have done Red Sparrow instead of this. What do you think of that?
2: Uh, I why would you give me those two options? Like, I I will just, like, get into a car accident to get out of this. <laughs>
0: um, so Red Sparrow debuted at number two with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, and then uh, the aforementioned Death Wish debuted at number three. Game Night, which I also saw... I feel bad for you. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Didn't enjoy the people talking to the right and to the left of me, and I had to, had to move my seat, lest I pull out a gun and shoot
2: someone. Um... Game yeah, night. If you're going to shoot someone, people who talk in the theater is probably uh, borderline justifiable.
0: Indeed. Uh, Game Night debuted at number two. It has dropped to number four this week in its second weekend. Peter Rabbit uh, dropped, I also saw that with my children, went from three to four. Annihilation in its second week has dropped from four to six. Uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, is still making money, money, money. That... At this
2: rate, The Rock will have two movies in the top ten in the first quarter of 2018. One of them will be Jumanji still sticking around at, like, number ten when Rampage comes out.
0: A week earlier. <laughs> 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 uh, Jumanji. Well, sure, they
2: moved up. Look, they moved up Infinity War. Everything else, every other studio went into panic mode and had to reschedule <laughs> what they were doing.
0: Surprised they just didn't cancel the movie altogether. Uh, look, just it's already move, been made. Move everything to September. What they should have done was
2: moved it forward a week. Like take Avengers' old spot.
0: I don't know. How about move it to September? There's nothing coming out then. Um, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Fell from six to seven. Robert Winfrey and Rod- and Ronnie Adams' favorite movie this year so far, a movie they raved about, Fifty Shades Freed, fell from. 5 fo- I've
2: not seen any of them.
0: I saw it. I saw it with a girl who's not my wife. How do you like that? Uh, Fell from five to eight. Was it your ex-wife? No, God, bite your tongue. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I will end this podcast, sir. Uh, The Greatest Showman fell from eight to nine, and every day, 2018, from Orion Pictures, in its second week, fell from nine to ten. Having sex with water... Rose from thirteen
2: to eleven. The shape of water. I, I should have made you watch that movie. (laughs) I should have insisted that be on the schedule. Everyone's calling it it. having
0: sex with water. That's funny. Um. (laughs) Anywho, uh, rose from thirteen to eleven. The fifteen seventeen to Paris fell from seven to twelve. Three billboards outside Emming, Missouri. Who is an Oscar uh, nominee? I think it won a couple of them. Oh, did it? Okay. Fell from eleven to thirteen. The post twelve to fourteen. Call Me by Your Name rose from twenty two to fifteen. Darkest Hour 18 all the post Oscar
2: things shuffled a little bit. Yeah.
0: Phantom Thread fourteen to seventeen. Lady Bird nineteen to eighteen. And finally, I Tanya rose from twenty to nineteen. And Winchester seventeen to twenty. So there you go. These your top twenty movies uh, for the weekend, March second through the fourth right now this thing's gonna lose money yeah probably um, I just you know this weekend coming up I believe is oh uh, gosh what's this weekend uh, what's Friday I don't know. oh th- it's a wrinkle in time um, oh and, and the other movie I'm gonna go see the hurricane heist
2: <laughs> why why <laughs> just why cause
0: I've got a movie pass that's why and this I can thing go see ruining it. Ruining your life. I can go see anything. So between the between the hurricane heist. And... Ch-
2: no, no, no. What troubles <laughs> me is not that you can see anything with MoviePass. It's that you choose to see the Hurricane Heist.
0: <laughs> oh, look, well, I'm going to take my kids to go see a rink. Look, let me explain something to you. Can I take? Can we talk for just a minute? Friday night is Mox night. Okay, that is my bowling night, as it were. That is my Moose Lodge night. That is my night of. Uh, water buffaloes so you know if, if flintstones reference you see what i'm saying you, you pick it up what i'm putting down friday night is when i leave work at seven o'clock and i go to the movies and i have mock time and this friday the big movie that's coming out is a wrinkle in time uh starring oprah winfrey and I hate i'm i'm taking I hate it, that
2: movie so much
0: and i'm taking my kids to go see it on Sunday But that means I have nothing to see Friday night And I don't need to see A Wrinkle in Time twice Like I did with Black Panther the last time this happened So I needed something else to go see And I looked at all the movies that are coming out And the movies that are out And I said well what do I want to go see Well the Hurricane Heist looks fun And that's where we are
2: uh, Just ugh
0: I enjoy heist movies, and I enjoy disaster movies. This is a heist movie in the midst of a disaster.
2: It sounds glorious. It, no, I it's, can uh, I can
0: take a Wrinkle in Time off the schedule, and we can review the Hurricane Heist. Eh? Ooh, that's actually tempting. No, we must obey the mouse.
2: No, no, you actually kind of like hang on. I mean, I'm gonna hate them both. Like th- th- there is no win for me over that week. We're
0: doing a Wrinkle in Time. Knock it off. The mouse all demands right. it. It's Disney. And
2: now the mouse can kiss my ass.
0: <laughs> Anywho. In fact, um, I'm going
2: to tell him that when I see him next week.
0: You, oh, you're going to California, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so moving on to our... Uh, Black Panther is just dominating the universe in 2018. It's uh, It's on fire to hit a billion dollars, the first movie this year to do so. Uh, I'm sure Infinity War will will uh, eclipse it, but right now, do lapping every other movie that's out there is Black Panther worldwide at 909 million dollars. Uh, in a this deep, this thing sec- might
2: break a billion.
0: <laughs> no, it's going to it's 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 absolutely on track to do to do so. They said the its numbers in China alone will push it past a billion. So that's that's
2: maybe regardless.
0: Um. You want to take a wild guess? I mean, guess. it's what's not in... a
2: cultural phenomenon in China, so who knows?
0: I mean, there's a lot of people. If ever, if at least half of them go see a movie, it, it's you know, go see that one. It makes a billion dollars.
2: So, That's very
0: true. You want to know what's in second place worldwide, all Don't over care. the world? Robert Winfrey. Do you want to know what people are going to see, what they're uh, wetting their whistles to, they're tempting fate, what they're spending their hard-earned money for? Sure. Fifty Shades Freed. He, he, he,
2: he, he. Yeah, this is why the world's going to hell. <laughs> That's Bear the... in mind, <laughs> this is people why the, are, the Arabs will win. The world is win. not going to ha- the, the world is not going down the tubes, and people are going screw it. Let's see the Fifty Shades franchise. It's the, this thing started because society was crumbling.
0: <laughs> oh stop you and Ronnie Adams need to go bowling Fifty Shades Freed why? was a fine movie he cause no, he, he, had, he had moral issues with it in any case um, in third place is the maze run of the I death sh- I mean
2: look morally sh- if you want to make a moral debate out of it why the movie just sucks you don't need to make a moral debate out of it it's just a bad film
0: it was a fine piece of art well, this
2: uh, thing for- is badly written. The whole franchise, be that book or movie, badly written, badly acted. You were not there executed. in a
0: theater full of women who applauded this thing as if it were Shakespeare. Sir, clearly you're just not the audience for it, and you don't get how. No, I'm not a
2: postmenopausal s- woman desperately trying to reinvigorate my imaginary sex drive. I was not
0: with a postmenopausal woman who thought this thing was pure genius in fourth place is Paddington 2 brought to you by the good people at Warner Brothers who have wrecked the DC franchise in fifth place is Insidious The Last Key sixth place, Peter Rabbit and all of its issues with uh, Al- what um... were
2: uh, apparently there's controversy around that <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what I was making fun of um, the commuter there's Dennis...
2: controversy around Peter Rabbit
0: uh, because there's a scene where somebody goes into like anaphylactic shock because uh, the cgi animals are torturing him um den of thieves at 12 strong and finally in 10th place is the once again the warner brothers product the 1517 to paris i can tell you right now everything from seven down is going to get wiped off the mat over the next month as as your big, big time blockbusters start rolling in through the months of march Uh, As I said, next week is uh, A Wrinkle in Time That'll, I'm sure, dominate the weekend Maybe it passes Black Panther Maybe it doesn't, I think that's the only thing that Stands in its way, that everything else is going to get Trampled Uh, Anything else on the money,
2: sir? No, again, this is indicative Of society crumbling
0: (laughs) This is why the Red Chinese Will win All right.
2: They're crumbling just along with us. They're just not tell. They're just not publicizing it.
0: You're right. I meant the Arabs. The joke is this is why the Arabs will win. All they right, won't win either. Oh god!
2: Don't you get it? Nobody wins.
0: Everybody hurts sometimes. Everybody
2: loses, and then the zombies come. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> That's a, put it on a T-shirt, Mindy. All right. Here we go. I have a question for you, Robert Winfrey. Are you ready? Yeah. No I
1: said Oh you ready? No God No, God, please no, 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 no
0: <laughs> How do you like your new uh bit intro?
2: Uh, Considering I actually couldn't hear that one I assume it's the same one we played last time That Jesse kind of cobbled together of Are you ready into the Michael Scott thing Uh,
0: Close, it's it's Triple H asking twice Are you ready and then Michael Scott
2: Are you ready? No! Generic City (laughs) I'm in tonight I said, are you ready?
0: (laughs) Pretty much (laughs) Nailed it! Alright all right folks if you're seriously
2: did they ever i really do did just like it want at some point the crowd to just universally chant no when he said are you ready
0: folks if you're... Can you give
2: us five minutes <laughs>
0: we're well, not ready folks if you've never listened to production says no <laughs> if you've never listened to damn you hollywood before this is the part of the this is the part of the review where we review the reviewers We take a look at the one-line or two-line samples of reviews that are cobbled together on Rotten Tomatoes. And we unleash the beast that is Robert Winfrey on the so-called Professionals. And we do this because somebody has to watch The Watchers and tell them they're shitty at their job. Here we go.
2: They really are. Uh...
0: Xenia Baria of the Times India These are always great While the story is straightforward It also tends to be predictable And doesn't keep you engaged throughout The emotional connect is sketchy And the action sequences seem sluggish at best Roth doesn't have a robust script to begin with I would actually agree with all of that Well you won't agree with this Chris Stuckman You Chris Stuckman you We don't like you there's not a single memorable action scene. It's a mishmash of tones filled with wooden performances, a very boring lead character, and no clear-cut villain.
2: Ugh. I mean, I want to disagree with that, but I'm struggling to. I mean, Well, but, uh, come there on, is there is a clear-cut any... villain. Sure, who shows up at the end as a MacGuffin.
0: <laughs> All right, moving on.
2: Suddenly
0: Zemo. <laughs> that doesn't deserve a suddenly Zemo. Um, Robert Clifford of Reeling Reviews now is... Not, okay, here's where we get good Robert Clifford of Reeling Reviews says now is not the time to bring out a film that is positive about vigilantism and vengeance down the barrel of a gun besides all that, it's just not a very good film
2: oh, yes because... You, no, 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 you couldn't just say it's not a very good film it's not a very good film but no, well you must political, politically grandstand We can't possibly have actual debate about the topic How dare you glorify violence? Which violence scene would you like to discuss them glorifying? What lingering shot of physical trauma disturbed you? Because there weren't many Oh, he, st- he staples his shoulder together Have you not seen Roadhouse?
0: Like or Rambo.
2: genuinely Or Rambo, any of them I mean, there's actually a scene in Master and Commander when Paul Bettany performs abdomen surgery on himself. But no, this is the movie that we must may take our, our, a moral stance against. How dare we discuss the need for vengeance and the put upon society? You people, and this is all you leftist nutjobs, by the way. No, no, the people in Baltimore aren't rioting, it's an uprising. No, it's a riot. You dumbass. <laughs> no, <laughs> but in this circum—no, like, no, we shouldn't glorify violence except when it's Antifa or complaining about police brutality. Then yes, pepper spray random Samoans on the street and get punched in the face over it because you're a dumbass.
0: We have a lot of these to like, get through. You're, you're gonna need to. You're gonna need to I'm, edit I'm, yourself.
2: Uh, okay. Okay. Keep going. I'm. I'm good with that one.
0: We, I'm just saying this happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> throughout these reviews. Like Travis Hobson of Punch Drum Critics. As expected, the film is as tone-deaf as expected, but so much else is wrong with it that audiences may be too busy laughing to notice.
2: What do you mean tone-deaf? Like, <laughs> Hang on, hang on, hang on, you, you moron. Do you not understand how this process works? Like, do you genuinely not understand the filmmaking process... Everyone who talks about, oh, this was... Uh, This movie is tone-deaf. How dare they, you know, not take into account the, you know, the shootings that occurred a week before? Because they filmed it in October of 2016! (laughs) Principal photography on the film began in late September of 2016 and then in October of 2016. They're tone-deaf. Not when they shot it. <laughs> you, you bunch of idiots. Like, th- this is culturally insensitive and tone-deaf to our current political climate. Well, when was it written? How long had they been shopping the script around? When was it shot? How long has it been delayed? How many times has its release been delayed? How many production issues were there? Ah, tone-deaf. You're a bunch of idiots.
0: It's only going to get worse. Ty Burr of the Boston Globe, top critic. Deathwish is a catchism for an audience terrified that their firepower and their influence are dwindling.
2: I mean, hey, it's not like you know we have the presidency and still the House and the Senate. No, our influence is clearly dwindling. You, you bunch of you, you bunch of coastal living jackoffs. <laughs> Coastal
0: living. Sean Burns of the New England seriously, Movies Weekly. Seriously, no, 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 no seriously. Speaking every of every one of these
2: morons who thinks, no, no, the the political power of the you know the conservative movement is waning. Do me a favor. Get off the plane next time you stop in Dallas. See what you see.
0: Sean Burns, New England Movies Weekly says, you'd think such a morally repugnant gun nut masturbation oh. fantasy. would at least be worth getting worked up about. But the movie's so lugubrious and wheezy, it's almost pitiable.
2: This is not a gun... No. Like, Rocket Raccoon has a gun fetish. Alright? This is not any of that. I mean, you linked one of these that I assume we'll get to. I, I actually find it morally reprehensible that you apply such a broad, such a broadly and completely undeserved moral judgment to anyone who happens to either enjoy this movie or, you know, own a firearm. No, 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 you're a bad person for disagreeing with me politically. No, you're a moron for thinking that, and I can say that about you specifically. You moron. <laughs> oh, God.
0: All right, this one, this one is not our Trumpiest review. That one's the one I sent you earlier, and we'll get to it. But this might be the get'em, Winfrey of the night. Okay, I don't. Is anyone around in your house? Have you given everyone sufficient warning that this is probably going to be the one that makes your head explode and makes you start screaming?
2: Uh, everyone's. I, I have a clear line of fire at the moment. There, <laughs> we're okay. good.
0: Do you need to get a drink?
2: I got stuff around me. We're good.
0: Sarah Mars of Laney Gossip. There is no good time for a movie like death wish
2: oh for the love of you, you <laughs> sanctimonious douchebag <laughs> there's no uh, here's what kills me hang on hang on here's what kills me about this if your point was there's not really a good time for a movie that is a slip shot as this it's not as well put together you know it's if you were not, actually, you know
0: damn well that's not her if, point
2: I know, that. hang on, if you were actually commenting on the quality (laughs) of the film, you might have a degree of competence in your job, but you're not. This is an excuse for moral sermonizing and virtue signaling on your part. There's never a good time to address revenge and the put-upon. There's never a good time to address crime rates and the fact that the police force in this country is largely investigative rather than preventative. It's never a good time to discuss these things unless it wants to be done on your schedule, under your terms by, and it's you know written and directed by, oh, who's a liberal jackoff director? Any number of them. Tim, Pick Tim Roth. What? Tim Roth. Sure then it's a cultural masterpiece but if it happens to be even vaguely apolitical or opposed to your belief structure it must be struck down you fascist jack off what's the matter with you it's never a good time who the hell are you to actually pass that kind of cultural (laughs) judgment for 300 million Americans or 7 billion people on the planet who anointed you you've got a keyboard and a mediocre job and a failed, and like a political science degree that you can't actually use for anything, so you review films. How dare you? Like, genuinely, how dare you cast that kind of Paul across such wide swatches of humanity? I hate people indiscriminately. Your response is, no, it's never a good time to, act, to have a movie that deals with things that disagree with me politically. You you miserable fragile little jackass. I once dated a girl like this,
0: you know, it was never a good time to disagree Sorry. with her. That's why we don't why so, so, didn't huh?
2: Was it your first wife?
0: No, that was a whole different kind of crazy. This was a, this was actually in the in in the shadow of my first wife after after I left her. Uh Rashid Irani, Hindustan Times. Rather than acting as social commentary, the remake merely exploits the overarching themes of crime and punishment to unleash more violence and death. No, that's the first movie. That's the original.
2: Yeah, that really is much more the original than it is this one. (laughs) (laughs) This one tried. No. Uh,
0: Robert... (laughs) If so- someone like our good friend Benjamin Colon somebody just needs to draw a picture of like you in a cage and me feeding you steaks, because that's what this is. This is a big, raw, boned steak ready to feed you, Robert Denniston of Denniston Unleashed. I'm not sure we ever needed a Death Wish reboot, but we sure as hell don't need one now.
2: Ugh. Okay. Again, if you were actually suggesting that we don't need to remake a movie that was a phenom for its cultural time and is looked back on fondly via nostalgia because what does it actually add? Is it actually going to be any good? Then that's, that's something. You know, that, that's actually a point. That's not what you're saying. And we all know that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is, I don't like this. It makes me uncomfortable. Take it away. This is, this is a poor way to go through life.
0: <laughs> All
2: right. especially if your profession is you know film review you're as bad as Leonard Maltin who's like oh god another Marvel movie
0: Steven Silver of Splice today an abomination and the favorite movie of the year for people who like to say yes but what about black on black crime in Chicago zero out of five
2: stars really hold on an abomination! Really?
0: This That's isn't. A, does this not scream of people like out tr- out trying to you know to do the others as terms of who yeah, could be the biggest re- liberal you douchebag? You read
2: each other's reviews and decided I must one up this. <laughs> yes. The only way that my miserable little opinion will actually be noted is if I'm capable of becoming more outlandish. Than the previous person, and it's just going up and up and up and oh god, how how must how can I escalate? I must escalate. Never mind that there's a you could actually argue there's a theme in the film and the subject material about escalation and how futile it is. But no, no, we must escalate. Ugh, this is not an abomination. This is not. It's not good, but come on, man. Like this isn't the room. This isn't Manos, Hands of Fate. This isn't... Showgirls. Sure. Like, there's all these movies... Or, actually, the first Hostel. I would... You could probably make a stronger argument. This isn't the original... Oh, what was it? Cannibal... Holocaust. Yeah, this isn't the original Cannibal Holocaust. It's not even Eli Roth's remake of the Cannibal Holocaust. Which you actually called like Green Inferno, I seem to recall. It's it's none of those. Like no, this is not a by any stretch of the imagination an abomination. It's just not a good movie. Those aren't the same things. The fact that you're now going to that extreme just completely invalidates your opinion. Like, you shown you're doing you're willing to do nothing but exaggerate and you know, go into hyperbole for the sake of please pay attention to me
0: is one of my favorite reviewers because this one, this one's another one with her nose firmly in the air and head firmly up around her own ass Katie Walsh, Tribune News Service uh, top critic the film cranks up the audience with little jokes and references and gets the audience cheering for the Grim Reaper before they even realize what they're cheering for and therein lies the problem
2: no How do you miss the point? Okay, A, he kills people before they name him. Like, that's a thing. Second, the point is that this was a normal man pushed pushed beyond what he considered rational and to act in an irrational manner. If you want to argue about how badly the movie did that, that's fine. That's not your point. Your point is... All I want to do is feel morally superior to someone who shoots another human being, regardless of circumstance. How dare our police officers carry firearms and not batons?
0: Okay. Uh, (laughs) Here's our Rolling Stone review, and it's very Rolling Stone of it. David Fear, top critic. He's not remaking Death Wish. He's making what he thinks a person in 1974 sitting in a 40-deuce grindhouse theater would have seen in their mind while watching it. How very Rolling Stone of this person.
2: Yeah. There's writing to your audience, and then there's pandering to your editor. I feel this is the latter.
0: Uh, Jeffrey M. Anderson of Common Sense Media Director Eli Roth's remake of the 1974 Charles Bronson movie is not only awful (laughs) but it's also incredibly thoughtless with a brutish simple-minded argument okay
2: okay hold on the argument is is neither brutish nor simple-minded let me be very very clear about that if you're arguing that it makes it in a brutish and simple-minded point fine again I don't actually care much for this movie but to demonize the whole notion of the right to protect yourself as being brutish and simple minded is it undermines the fabric of western civilization like no you do not have the right to defend yourself you do not have the right to protect those you love or to, you, no you don't have that right shut up cower in a corner Unless we disagree with you, in which case, violence. Because that's the way political discourse goes in this country right now, it seems.
0: Christopher Llewellyn read a film festival today. Death Wish deserves a quick demise. Well, sir, you're going to get your wish, because next week, a wrinkle in time.
2: Yeah, it's not going to make its money. And it's only, I mean, it's 90, it's what, 100 minutes long? It's not a long movie. And bear in mind, if you're going to throw around words like "deserves," it deserves a quick demise. No, like Transformers deserved a quick demise. Instead, it drug on for five movies across ten years and just made my life miserable.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see here, a, lo- a lot of criticism of Bruce Willis's performance as he slept walked through it. Which we've already talked he about did. He, he
2: kinda did, let's be fair Uh,
0: let's see Maitland McDonough McDonough, a film journal International In the end, it's just another macho fantasy About good guys with guns And good guys in quotes Wait, I gotta add to that one Matt Zoller, sites of com Top Critic, Vigilante Dad Rock <laughs> Okay
2: well, let me start with this, just for historical perspective. The only thing that ever really stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. This is documented. This is documentable. This is provable throughout. Again, let me throughout Western civilization, but like the course of human history, a bad, evil human being with a weapon is stoppable pretty much only by a good human being with a weapon or multiple of them ideally that's just the way that is now the notion that this is just a macho fantasy no like Commando's a macho fantasy really and a pretty good one this really isn't like no one should really kind of fantasize about the totality of this film Hey. Again, finding a rocket launcher and rescuing your daughter while being Arnold Schwarzenegger in the, you know, <laughs> early 90s, yes. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, again, if you want to fantasize about being Schwarzenegger in the mid-90s, finding a rocket launcher and mowing down an army on an island because you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, sure. That's a macho fantasy being okay. a quiet, somewhat desperate, middle-aged, older I mean, it's Bruce, Will- Bruce Willis is 60-something, he's not middle-aged anymore older bald man uh, whose family is violently taken away from him and then goes on a murder rampage no, no <laughs> like, that's, tr- that's not a macho fantasy
0: Jeffrey Lyles of Lyle Movie Files Death Wish is a poorly timed rebuttal ...and a pretty lousy one
2: at that. It's not a rebuttal to... You, why do you ascribe these things to this movie, people? It's not a rebut... This thing was filmed... ...again... ...in the fall of 2016.
0: You know what's funny? This how, next, is
2: that, how does that make this a rebuttal?
0: <laughs> I, uh... I gotta read this, just because, just because... Now, it's a rotten review. We gave it a D+. Which I think is hilarious. But it agrees with my uh, with my assertion that by this is A.A. A. Dowd of the A. V. Club, top critic, by most metrics, this Death with Death Wish is better movie than the first one.
2: I agree. You're absolutely right. I, I don't, but we've been over that. This guy's just poking at people to poke at them.
0: Um, Glenn Walt Weldon of NPR. Well, you know where this is headed, top critic. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> It asks nothing and offers only the blanket assertion that feelings of masculine inadequacy, the most important thing a man can do is protect his family. And I failed. Willis declaims can be obviated ballistically.
2: Okay. You know, for a, let me say this. First of all, as a representative of a radio station, whose political agenda centers around feelings, uh, identity politics and safe spaces, the fact that you are bringing this up as a negative only completely invalidates your ability to be objective. It's simply utilizing feelings against you. It's feelings that you don't agree with. And therefore, how dare you bring up feelings instead of feelings that I do agree with, in which case, how dare you argue against them? It's sad and vaguely pathetic.
0: This is a fresh review but it confuses me. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm reading this...
2: The fact that it's fresh confuses me. That's all that needs to be said.
0: <laughs> and, and I'm reading this because Robert often likes to say, you often like to say that I hate you. And I'm you curious if this is the one that's going to send you into cardiac arrest. I, I, I'm actually... I'm, I'm reading this as a scientific experiment to see if this is the one that finally drives you over the edge. Christian Toto of HollywoodInToto.com says you won't see a more subversive movie in our woke age this year or maybe next.
2: Okay. I have a very (laughs) pointed response to this. Hang on. Does it involve the word fuck?
0: (laughs) Did you just fart into the microphone?
2: No, I have. As a gag for Christmas three or four years ago, somebody got me uh, one of the uh, the fart gun from Despicable oh. Me and I have it by my computer <laughs> oh terrific <laughs> boy do I Here's miss a one. soundboard <laughs> um look you used uh, let me start with this you used woke this automatically disqualifies you from intelligent discussion or civilized <laughs> society so
0: this next one is our good friend Roger Moore. So hang Asian. on, hang on, hang on. Um, Second,
2: <laughs> okay. do you not understand what subversive means? Have you not actually looked up the definition <laughs> of the word? Subversive is... okay. Here's a better example of subversion. Uh, there are only two decent movies from Roland Emmerich. One of them is the first Independence Day. The other is a movie called The Patriot starring Mel Gibson. Very young Heath Heath Ledger as well The reason that particular movie Especially the title Is subversive is that Mel Gibson Throughout basically that entire movie About the Revolutionary War in South Carolina He is not On the side of independence He's not against it But he is not actively supporting the revolution He is not, by definition, a patriot to like the very end but it is again therefore a subversive title because it subverts your expectations how the hell is a movie called Death Wish showing a man wishing to both die and kill people wishing to die and kill people subversive (laughs) nothing about this movie is subversive you may not like it that's fine. You may disagree with it. Also fine. The language matters, you blithering jackass.
0: <laughs> All right, moving right along. Roger, our good friend Roger Moore, who every week defies us to stick a, uh, a trout or some sort of fish in his tailpipe or in his hubcaps. An old man's movie made for even older men, impotent, angry ones. Sir, aren't you, like, 400 years old?
2: Okay. Hang on. (laughs) A, I question your... I mean, if you're going to bring up the issue of virility, your own age might come into question. This is not a movie for old men. It stars an old man. Certainly plays towards an older demographic, perhaps, but that's not the same thing. Second... The fact that one is old does not in any way, shape, form, or fashion mandate issues of virility. I mean, Hugh Hefner like died getting it on. That was never a man who had a problem. Jack Nicholson apparently still enjoys the occasional physical uh, tryst. Like, no. To enjoy this movie, you need to have suffered head trauma, not be an old, impotent man. And seriously, if anyone knows this guy, find a dead fish, remove his hub—no, no, no, no. no—remove his hubcaps, stick the fish inside the hubcaps, reattach them.
0: Randall Colburn of Consequence of Sound: There's something distinctly odious about a storyteller storyteller exploiting both a city's tragic reality and a country's debate about firearms to make a film that thrives on violence. Are you getting the themes of these reviews? Are you getting the themes of these reviews?
2: How dare you... I mean, A, again, let me stress this. This is not a cultural rebuttal. It was filmed, what, 18 months ago-ish? Call it 18. I know it's not exact, but for the sake of rounding. It's not designed as a cultural rebuttal. How dare this film, you know, make a... (sighs) I mean, how dare Steven Spielberg make Schindler's list if this is going to be your line of logic? So there's
0: two more I want to read because they're really stupid. And then there's our Trumpy... <laughs> there's our Trumpy review. And then we're done. Okay? Let me just let me just read through these real quick. And then the, these two. And then your remarks. And then we'll do the Trumpy one and then we'll get out of here. Matt Goldberg of Collider. Unlike the original Death Wish where violence ruins everything it touches... In the remake, it's a cure-all. Happiness is only a semi-automatic away. Uh, and then you have...
2: I, just, that, how, how do you people not... Look, again, not defending this movie necessarily, but if you don't get that he only found happiness when his daughter came back into his life, like, the... I don't know what to tell you. Like The act of vengeance that he is taking, the violence, does not actually help him.
0: Not to mention the fact that after watching Death Wish, I'm not entirely sure where he gets the, you know, violence ruins everything it touches. Charles Bronson gets away with murder. Just gets away with it. And he goes on to continue doing his architecture thing in a new city. He's in no way punished. He's mildly asked to relocate. That's it. Uh, Vincent Mancini a Film Drunk now is such a terrible time to release a movie about white vigilante taking out the trash that I expected it to justify its existence somehow it never did if anything it's less satirical than the original
2: ok first of all if you any, any, film, that, any film critic that asks a movie to justify its existence is not the kind of critic that should be listened to like people paid to see it there are justified its existence
0: <laughs> that's what I've always said and, our and de- it's
2: a perfectly val- and that's a perfectly valid perspective like justify your existence in what met- like what, what method how would you like me to do this <laughs> how about the dozens if not hundreds of you know costume designers and camera crew and technicians that got paid to make it Continuing to gainfully employ people is not justification for you, you moron.
0: In our Trumpiest review of the night, because there's always got to be one, Don K of Den of Geek. How's your heart? Are you do? How's your, your general health, Robert Winfrey? Are you okay? Can you can you bear this? Can you bear the I'm burden? I'm good. I get
2: to punch people tomorrow.
0: All right, here we go.
2: actually punched people today, but that was kind of impromptu.
0: Death Wish is an NRA member's wet dream. A perfect Ugh. film for the America that only exists in the poisoned imagination of the pathetic would-be bully in the White House. I would have had more respect for Don K had his entire review just been, I hate Trump. It would have been more coherent. Yeah, look.
2: Well, let me start with this. No NRA member has wet dreams about their family being assaulted and killed. I mean, literally, how dare you? How dare you ascribe that to millions and millions of Americans? Second of all, you are one of these coast-living blowhards who does not understand or care to acknowledge, say, 45 of the 50 states. To your line of thinking, sir, and I feel pretty confident saying this, if it does not take place in California, New York, maybe Atlanta or Chicago apparently, you don't think it counts. You are perfectly willing to discount, marginalize, overlook and <laughs> discriminate against anyone who disagrees with you based on no in no small part on their geo on their geographic profile. Uh, you are, in a very real way, emblematic of what is so wrong with so much of society. And not just because you disagree with me, mind you. I don't give a. I, I do not care that your view on life runs contrary to my own. I, I really couldn't care less so long as you can be civil about it. And apparently you can't. But the fact that you are willing to so broadly paint huge categories of people as being morally bankrupt and evil simply because they disagree with you. Really, who's the racist here? Is it the guy saying all white people who are members of the NRA are racists? Because that seems like a racial call on your end, as opposed to anyone else. Certainly me. Saying, no, you're a moron. Because no... (laughs) you're a moron and quite frankly you're bordering on racism i mean technically it is racist you bloviating jackass <laughs> all
0: right i think we've uh had all we can stand, so we can't stand no more so
2: more importantly hang on hang on hang on oh, more important god, god very briefly very briefly Have you not paid attention to Donald Trump's actual political agenda? I mean, the man just... He very recently suggested removing due process from the confiscation of firearms. One of his actual proposals was let's take guns away from people and then have due process to get them back. But no, no. Clearly this is his, like, wet dream. Like... (laughs) What's the matter with you people? Like, you know, I, I want my narrative, and I want to feel good about saying what I want to say, and how dare you say anything differently. Like, I, hate, I hate all of you miserably, miserably, untalented, failed, failed political commentators who decide to clog up film review by utilizing it as nothing more than an excuse to foist your political views onto anyone reading. You all are a blight on film criticism in general.
0: I do love this portion of our show. And you'll get to hear us do it all again next week on a wrinkle in time here on damn you Hollywood recorded Tuesday nights, this movie on the rattled and broadcasting network on Spreaker. Uh, And just rounding out the month of March, we'll have tomb Raider, um, which will be recorded on March 20th and Pacific rim uprising recorded on the 27th and if you just love Robert and I doing reviews you get to hear a bonus show we got a TV party tonight a week from Thursday the Thursday um, uh, wait what day is that uh that would be the 15th
2: okay I'll be I'll still be available for that one
0: uh the Thursday March 15th the we will be reviewing Jessica Jones season. For a TV potty tonight. As for this week, we got Full Man Clone of the Universe, on the Metal Hammer of Doom. We decided not to do the new Andrew WK, as the new Andrew WK sounds like a PSA for suicide prevention, and I wasn't into it. So we moved some stuff around on the calendar. Not into
2: suicide prevention?
0: Not into PSAs about it, posing as metal albums.
2: I mean, considering uh, that it's a significant part of your job description, I can understand you not wanting to do it in your private time You have no idea
0: So, uh, we're going to skip the new Andrew WK Look, it's, it, it wasn't great I don't feel like talking about it So instead, we're going to put on Wait, some Wait, I can that...
2: use that excuse?
0: I can, you can't um, oh, Damn it <laughs> So instead, we're going to play some of that stoner metal you know and love, Fu Manchu Clone of the Universe and uh, On Trial is back. I'll be prosecuting Deathwish, as you heard some of my arguments tonight, and Sean will be defending it. And somewhere out there, Pat will be burning me in effigy. Pat Mullen loves the Deathwish. Already did.
2: I can't believe you didn't see the live stream. What? What? He already burned you in effigy. Didn't oh, you okay. see the live stream?
0: Oh, okay, got it. I'm with you now. ha. Ah. Next week, it's all Jessica Jones all the time. Not really. It's only two shows out of four. Uh, source material, we'll be doing Jessica Jones Volume 1, Uncaged. Uh, the aforementioned Damn You, Hollywood, or Wrinkle in Time. Ministry okay. has a new album out, I speaking of Trumpy. I
2: the person standing on the hill of that movie is terrible. I'm <laughs> calling that right now. Terrific. Uh, Ministry's got a new
0: album out, speaking of Trumpy. Um, so we'll be reviewing America. Is, c- c- Trumpy. <laughs> um, on the Metal Hammer of Doom and then as the as I said before, Jessica Jones Season 2 on TV Party Tonight the week after that, we've got Tomb Raider Volume 1, Season of the Witch on Source Material we'll be reviewing the new Tomb Raider reboot uh, now that will be
2: Mark and Ronnie, not me, I will be that's in right.
0: Disneyland that Tuesday that's right, yes, Ronnie Adams and possibly Jesse Starcher will be joining me uh, for a double shot as we review the new Tomb Raider uh, Metalheimer of Doom will be reviewing the new Judas Priest, Firepower. And then another on trial for the month of March, Tomb Raider 2, Cradle of Life. And we round out March with, uh, celebrating the, uh, debut of Krypton on the Sci Fi Network, which airs March 21st. We'll be, uh, doing our little ode to that show with Superman, The Many Worlds of Krypton on Source Material. We'll be reviewing... You know the most interesting
2: thing about the Tomb Raider movies is that Daniel Craig and Gerard Butler are in the first and second, respectively.
0: Okay. Damn you, Hollywood, Pacific Rim, Uprising on March 27th. Looking forward to that, because I do love my monster movies, um, especially robots-punching monsters. And finally, speaking of stoner rock that you know and love, we'll be reviewing the new Sword album, Used Future, on the Metal Hammer of Doom march twenty eighth and that will take us out of the month of March in twenty eighteen the winter of Robert Winfrey's discontent
2: considering winter only really showed up here over the last like month and a half, that's not <laughs> inaccurate like, you know, right. no, we we had like two snowstorms, less than that probably at our elevation um right. like over Christmas like during that stretch of time. The last, like, two and a half weeks, nah, snow, like seven inches.
0: Do your plugs there, uh, snowman.
2: Um, this Sunday, there will be a 411 ground-and-pound radio show. We will be previewing UFC Fight Night 127. It's a Fight Pass exclusive card. The UFC returns to London with a headliner between a Brazilian and a Russian. (laughs) Seriously, it's, uh, Verdum and Volkov. Sounds great. Eh. Mark, you don't like heavyweights. You don't like good heavyweights, let me rephrase that. You only like bad heavyweights.
0: I'll be in Daytona Beach or Cocoa Beach. It won't matter. I
2: won't be watching it. Um then the Sunday after that we will be reviewing that particular event. Uh I will be on make sure actually, I actually have my dates correct for that. Yeah, we'll preview that. Eight the eighteenth we'll review that. I will be on vacation from the 20th to the 24th, so you get, I believe, Ronnie Adams here to review the new Tomb Raider. If I happen to get into the hotel on time, like, I might see if I can get into that one. I'll have to see it on Friday, but that's not a big deal. So I'll, I'll put that in my back pocket, depending on how we're, soon we're able to leave and how soon we're getting, we get into again, Anaheim. But It's a few days in Southern California A good friend of My brother and mine Works at Universal So we're gonna go do that We'll go spend a couple of days At Disneyland Uh, You know Basic family vacation I actually have to Bid adieu to my long hair Tomorrow In preparation for that Uh, Other than that uh, I think that's it actually um, For my plugs Again, we'll be back next week where we will talk about a wrinkle in time and people fawn over Oprah for no reason. Seriously, <laughs> she's terrible.
0: All right, for your host of this here program, Robert Winfrey, and uh, myself, your mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm Mister Mark Rattledge. This has been. Bryn... Oh, hey. Uh,
2: you can find us uh, you can find us on uh, iHeartRadio now apparently.
0: Yes, you can. And and it's it's we're telling out with the numbers. People are finding us on iHeartRadio. Hope you're enjoying us. Hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, this has been All your friends I'm trying to build something here people. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, this has been Damn You Hollywood on the Radillion Broadcasting Network on Spreaker. Find us wherever you download your favorite podcast whether it be iTunes, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or you can find this on the Spreaker website itself at the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network, uh, etc., etc. Ladies and gentlemen, be well, be safe, and behave. (laughs)
1: bring your phone everywhere. Work, school, the movies. Now you can bring it to an Xfinity store for an easy way to switch to Xfinity Mobile, a new kind of network designed to save you money. You can get up to five lines of talk and text included with Xfinity Internet at no extra cost. So all you pay for is data. It's never been easier to switch to Xfinity Mobile and keep the phone you love. Click here to see how. Sorry, I gotta take this. Restrictions apply. Limited to select mobile phones. Requires activation of a new line of Xfinity Mobile. Up to five devices per account. New Xfinity Internet customers limited to up to two lines pending activation of Internet service.